Welcome. My name is Sarah Hudson and today's echocardiography chat is about factors other than the severity to consider when assessing aortic regurgitation. In the last podcast I went through 10 ways to assess the severity of AR and this week's podcast is complementary to this. The reference sources for this podcast come from the European Association of Cardiovascular Imaging, the American Society of Echocardiography, the European Society of Cardiology, the American College of Cardiology and others. Please see the, the show notes for details. So other than the severity of the aortic regurgitation, what are the other factors that should be considered when assessing AR? I'm going to focus on four factors. One, overall valve appearance. Two, classification of the mechanism of the aortic regurgitation. Three, the size of the aorta. Four, the LV size and function. There is of course considerable overlap between these factors so do keep listening as it all comes together to form a complete picture. So let's get started with factor one, the overall valve appearance. Is it a normal tri-leaflet valve or is there something unusual about it? At this point I'm going to embrace a line that buys many a medical student time to think. These abnormalities of the valve appearance may be congenital or acquired. To consider the congenital first. Whilst the normal aortic valve is tri-leaflet, 1-2% of the population have a bicuspid valve, which means two leaflets, and this increases the probability of both aortic regurgitation and aortic stenosis. Transthoracic echocardiography has up to a 92% sensitivity and 96% specificity for detecting bicuspid valve anatomy. Unicuspid valves also exist, around 0.02% of the population, as do quadricuspid, which is four leaflet valves. And in case you are wondering, quadricuspid valves are said to be slightly more common than unicuspid valves, at around 0.04% of the population. So if that's the main congenital considerations, what acquired leaflet abnormalities might you see? Obvious ones include senile calcification, infective endocarditis and rheumatic disease. Others include radiation-induced valvulopathy, carcinoid, and drug-induced changes. Well, that was factor one, overall valve appearance. So let's move on to factor two, classification of the mechanism of the AR, which is, unsurprisingly, influenced by the valve abnormalities we've just discussed. The mechanism of the aortic regurgitation is categorized by adaptation of the Carpentier classification which was initially designed by the French surgeon Alain Carpentier for the classification of mitral regurgitation in the early 1980s. The American recommendations and European recommendations are slightly different in their adaptations, but both go with three types. Type 1 is normal cusp motion. In the European guidelines, this is normal cusp motion with aortic dilation, whilst in the American guidelines, it is with aortic dilation or cusp perforation or cusp fenestration. And it's just, just subdivided in the American guidelines into one A, B, C or D, depending on which part of the aortic root are dilated or if the cusp is perforated or fenestrated. Type 2 in the modified Carpentier classification of AR is excessive leaflet motion with cusp prolapse in the American guidelines. And type 2A is also cusp prolapse in the European recommendations. However, the European recommendations also features a type 2B, 
which is free edge fenestration with an eccentric AR jet without definite evidence of cusp prolapse. This could potentially be a type 1D under the American guidelines. Type 3 is described as cusp restriction in the American recommendations, but is poor cusp quality or quantity in the European recommendations, which as well as covering calcification and thickened valves includes tissue destruction by endocarditis. So classification of the AR morphology is important, but the label attached to the classification may differ depending on which side of the Atlantic you are on, so ensure the report also includes a descriptive justification of the label. We have now talked about factor 1, the appearance of the valve, and factor 2, the classification of the AR mechanism. So let's consider factor 3, which is the size of the aorta. This is important both because it may explain the etiology of the AR and because if the patient ends up having valvular surgery, they may also require root intervention depending on its size. But how do you measure the aorta? Well, it turns out that this is a bit of a minefield, so I'm going to scoot over this for now, but look out for a separate podcast on the aorta that I will release shortly. So in our assessment of AR, we have now considered factor 1, the appearance of the valve, and factor 2, the classification of the AR mechanism, and factor three, the size of the aorta, which leaves us factor four, the LV size and function. Aortic regurgitation adds to the volume load of the left ventricle, causing progressive dilation and eventually irreversible LV damage. Normal size of the left ventricle almost excludes severe chronic AR, but note that in acute severe AR, the LV will likely be a normal size as the LV has not had time to remodel. Also remember that conditions other than AR can cause LV dilation. It is, however, clearly very important to report LV dimensions, volumes and ejection fractions indexed to body surface area if possible. This information features in the valvular guidelines to determine timing of surgery, with the ESE valve guidelines recommending surgery in all symptomatic patients with severe AR as long as the operative risk is not prohibitive and also asymptomatic patients with severe AR who have an ejection fraction of less than or equal to 50% or a left ventricular end systolic dimension of greater than 50 millimetres or greater than 25 millimetres per metre squared body surface area in patients with small body size. Surgery may also be considered if the ejection fraction is less than or equal to 55% or the left ventricular end systolic dimension is greater than 20 millimetres per metre squared body surface area if surgery is at low risk. Interestingly, in the 2021 ESE valve guidelines, the left ventricular end diastolic dimension cutoff has been relegated from the key point boxes to the main text of the article, where it notes how in asymptomatic patients, progressive enlargement of the LV or progressive decrease in the function not reaching the thresholds for surgery but with left ventricular end diastolic dimension greater than 65 millimetres, may also be an appropriate indicator for operating. The 2020 American College of Cardiology valve guidelines are similar but subtly different. They also recommend, unsurprisingly, surgery for symptomatic patients with severe AR. For the asymptomatic patients, they recommend surgery if the ejection fraction is less than or equal to 55%, uh, which is slightly higher than the 50% that the ESE guidelines have. 
and the, the ESE guidelines only have 55% in low-risk patients. Just to highlight that this is obviously in patients in whom no other cause for systolic dysfunction is identified. The ACC valve guidelines use the same cutoff for left ventricular end systolic dimension as the ESC, uh, so greater than 50 millimetres or greater than 25 millimetres per metre squared. The ACC guidelines also suggest that in patients with low surgical risk, progressive decline in the left ventricular ejection fraction on at least three serial studies to the low normal range, which they define as 55 to 60%, is a possible indication for surgery, or a progressive increase in LV dilation to the severe range, defining this as a left ventricular end diastolic dimension of greater than 65 millimetres, the same figure as that which features in the ESE guidelines hidden in the text, is also given as an indication for surgery. Hopefully this highlights how an echo report that gives clear details around the LV size and function can have a real impact on whether an asymptomatic patient is considered for surgery or not. So there you have it, four factors to consider when assessing aortic regurgitation besides just the severity. To recap them, one, overall valve appearance, two, classification of the mechanism of the aortic regurgitation, three, the size of the aorta, four, the LV size and function. Many thanks for listening and do get in touch via Twitter at Sarah Hudson UK and hopefully you'll join me again soon.